Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsburg's Go Your Daily Dose of Quickie and Handicapping and Sports Betting Picks. I'm Alex Christensen. Andy's too much of a wimp to handicap the golf tournament, so he's not even on Betsburg's golf. He's not even on here today. He's on vacation. So joining me as always on Tuesdays, Mr. Matthew Rooney. How was your Monday? How did it go? Baseball wasn't very good. Didn't go well for us. Um, but that's okay. Sometimes, like in baseball, you fall, fall, find yourself falling into a slump, and all you got to do is just keep swinging, swing your way out of it. And I think that's what we got to do today. I hear it's a long season. Our tennis bets go. It's a long season, but it's winding down. We only have a couple weeks left, but we do have day baseball today, which we'll get into. How did tennis go yesterday? Tennis is pretty good. I think right around break even. Might have even given a little bit back, but things are all good. Still have our outrights living and stuff, and we've got a bunch of U.S. Open stuff to talk about. U.S. Open qualifiers start today. If you live in New York City or can get to Flushing Meadows, there's free tennis today. Today, tomorrow, Wednesday, all week. You can go to the qualifiers for free. It's a great experience. You'll see a bunch of tennis, a bunch of players who maybe you'll, you'll recognize some of the names, maybe not all of them, but guys playing hard, high-quality players, and, you know, free so you should probably go check it out free is free that's a that's pretty nice that's can't really beat that deal <laughs> let's start with baseball again let's get you out of your slump we're going to keep you early in the lineup let's get some swings in here what do we got all right so we uh, i'll start here with the the earlier game our day baseball game because i know how much we love day baseball in the show uh the cardinals and cubs have a uh, day night doubleheader this one the first game is going to be at 220 your time eastern time 120 central uh, it's Adam Wainwright, who has been the Cardinals ace for 20 years now, it seems like, 20, 30 years, however long. As long as I've been alive, it feels like, uh, going up against the Cubs and minor league or minor league call-up Javier Assad. Um, so the minus one and a half in the first half, which is the first five innings, plus 130. Um, it's really just taking the pitching matchup for me. Assad's been fine in the minors this year, but he has been uh, a little bit tended towards the walk. And if he puts people on base and gives Cardinals free passes, they're going to make him pay. Uh, Wayne Wright's just been really good all year. He's got an ERA in the low threes, a whip in the low ones. So I trust him against the bad Cubs lineup. And the Cardinals have been really good baseball right now. They've won eight in a row, and I think nine out of their last ten. And they've been doing a really good job of beating up on the bad competition, which is exactly what the Cubs have been this year. They're you know, a rebuilding team playing a lot of young pieces. So I, I like the Cardinals with their ace on the mound, minus the one and a half in the first half at that juicy plus 130. Really like that number. And Mets and the Yankees, I'm going to take their over eight and a half. Uh, first off, any over in Yankee Stadium is not a bad bet because that short porch out and right really keeps it alive, keeps things alive until the end of it. But we, we have a pitching matchup that I think leans towards the over. Uh, Frankie Montas, the uh, former Oakland A, who's the Yankees deadline acquire, uh, acquisition, excuse me, is throwing for New York. But well, they're both New York. He's throwing for the Yankees. Um, and he's been just brutal since coming uh, since coming over from Oakland. He's allowed six earned runs in two of the three starts he's thrown. I think it's 14 runs allowed and 14 innings pitched over three starts. So he's been very bad. He's going up against the Mets lineup that's been very good all year. And then Taiwan Walker's thrown for the Mets. He's been uh, solid this year, but the last few starts haven't been great. He's allowed it's like 16 earned runs over his last five starts across like 18 innings. And he just got hurt uh, in his last start against the Braves. So I, obviously I think he's healthy enough to come back and start. But if he had to leave after two innings uh, in his last start against the Braves, something to keep an eye on. You never know if he's going to be okay, how long he's going to be able to go. So uh, two good lineups, pitching matchup leans towards an over in and over stadium. Let's take the Yankees and the Mets over eight and a half. I can dig it. A lot going on in New York today. That's that's a big, I like that. I like it's a, it's a big day for New York. 
Big day for now, what you. What do we got going on in Cleveland? My it's a lot. It's, I'll sit back for a second. There's a whole bunch going on. We've got Cleveland. We've got Canada. We've even got some of those U.S. Open qualifiers. So I will try to rip and Joe Kim Noah through. told me nobody likes going to Cleveland. There's, Cle- there's tennis <laughs> in Cleveland. I like this. Give me the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's absolutely worth the trip. <laughs> yeah, now, there's not. not much else to do in Cleveland. But, you know, go check that out. Anyway, yeah. we've got some tennis. If you do happen to be in the Cleve, and or the land. I prefer the cleave, but that's just me. Four picks for us today, and we'll start with um, an underdog that's going to start here shortly after the show. The market has moved against me here, but I still like Sarah Soribus Tormo, plus 125. I actually played this at plus 110 last night before I went to bed and woke up to see that the market likes Sasevich here. I'm, I guess I understand the support for her. She had some nice runs in the hardcore season early on, but Tormo has quietly been very solid, continues to play good tennis. I have this match fairly even, even Tormo a slight favorite, you know, given how these courts look and the way Sasnovich's form was, honestly, in clay season and grass season, what we've seen from her lately. So the market here going against Sasnovich, but I like this matchup for Tormo quite a bit. Again, make her a small favorite. So plus anything was fine with me. And plus 125, go ahead. You can grab a better number than me. Clara Towson, um, minus 105. This might be gone. I'm starting to see minus 110s, 115s. But plays at minus 110 or better. Extremely talented youngster. Struggled with some injuries over the last couple months. Um, is an incredible player on hard courts. Really does well on this surface, whether it be fast, whether it be slow. Um, won a, a bunch of tournaments last year. I think four or five, honestly, on hard courts now. Some at lower levels, but even, I believe, one at this level, the 250 level. So to have her as just a short favorite over Alizé Cornet, who is a nice, solid tour veteran, but not nearly as talented as Towson. And, not going to be able to take advantage of mistakes that honestly she gets from some of the better players on tour. Towson generally a lot more solid. Serena Kirstea minus 105. She goes against Magdalenette. Similar handicap. Kirstea not as talented as Towson, but Magdalenette not as good as Alizé Cornet. Um, Lynette does perform well in some of these smaller events, but so does Kirstea. She continues to get better and better when she does play. I wish she was playing more often and had a little bit of better form, but looks good. Um, in her first match, and I think that form will carry over. Should have too much um, for Lynette later today. And then a parlay, uh, Arena Camellia Bega will play today, and then tomorrow we'll get Swazang. So a little carryover here. But like Bega's matchup against Sophia Kennan, um, would be nice to say something nice about the young American, a Grand Slam champion, but has just been totally lost for you know the last couple of years. Continues to get worse, and we'll be plucky in this match, but Bega will take advantage of her. And, Zhang, we're going to keep betting on her as long as she wins. Should be easily the better player against Martina Trevisan. But that's all we have in Cleveland. And next up, we've got some Canadian tennis. Just one bet in Canada and a couple for the U.S. Open qualifiers. Um, as we look in Granby, which for some reason I keep wanting to say Narby, but it's Granby. Nuria Padisaz Diaz goes against Harriet Dart. I'm going to continue to fade Harriet Dart, who continues to get support from what looks to me like a good grass season and some you know, decent performances on faster hard courts, but I think it's not indicative of who she is as a player and kind of the overall sample that we've seen from her this year and so far in her career. So, Potty Saz Diaz, someone we've backed quite a bit this year, has been a good player for us. I would like her at minus 110 or better. This started to tick out a little bit, but you should still be able to find that number out there. And then in the qualifiers, another woman I believe in, Jeannie Bouchard, one of the more talented players, although generally spends more time modeling on Instagram and kind of hanging out on the beach. Maybe as, I think this is her second match in like a year or so, something like that. But I thought showed a little bit of flashes in the last match, although she did lose for us. 
just going to continue to play her as an underdog here against some of these less talented players because I believe that at some point she's going to build up some form and get back to playing good tennis. Yuki Nato here she has today. I don't have this match, honestly, particularly close, even adjusting what Bouchard has done the last couple of years. So have her as the favorite here, plus 130. I'm happy to take that. And then another party, I'm sorry, another parlay, Katie Volnitz. And we're going to put her together with Linda Noskova. Again, two qualifiers. Volnitz generally does well and is kind of playing some nice tennis here in North America. Noskova, a young player who did really well for us when we were in hard courts earlier in the year. Put them together, you got plus 115. So a whole bunch of matches to bet today. And then, I mean, I guess we should bet. You got my favorites parlays. That's all I could have asked for. You threw in a couple <laughs> favorites parlays for me. I thank you for that. That's 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 my favorite thing in tennis betting, you know, betting sports that I don't know quite as much about. I love it. Uh, absolutely. It's um, it's fun. Maybe I'll go through it and smash them all together. I should probably do more of that. Maybe I'll go back and look. But, yeah, you sort of put some stuff together. we got some dogs. I've had some baseball. We're going to keep you filled. A lot going on this afternoon. But, you know, the U.S. Open starts on Monday. That's why they're doing qualifying right now. That would make sense. Usually you have to qualify before, and then after the qualifiers, the tournament starts. That's what I usually know tournaments to, to do. So Monday we get started, and I think I want to get ahead here. The draw does not come out until Friday, and that does affect some things. I generally like to wait until after that. But a couple numbers here, and I've mentioned them kind of in passing here, some of the women's numbers. But on the men's side specifically, I'm getting involved here because – it doesn't look like Novak Djokovic is going to be allowed into the country, especially the city of New York, unless there is some sort of big change in the rules or somebody hands down some sort of judgment that I haven't heard anybody working on. Novak's not coming. We saw this at the Australian Open. I don't think he's going to get kicked out of the United States for five years like he is from Australia. They're a little more stringent down there. But I think he's going to be out of this field. And as soon as he does, we're going to see all these numbers move, especially Daniel Medvedev here at plus 250. Now, this number moves probably in the neighborhood of plus 150, maybe even less than that. Again, if books kind of over adjust for how much money he'll get once Novak is out. But this number is going to be on the move. And although he's not playing fantastic tennis, I wonder a little bit if losing to Nadal at the Australian Open broke his brain. But um, best of five tennis, won this event last year. He's really great on these courts. Give me Medvedev at plus 250 and we'll have plenty of time to buy out if things look weird. And then a player who's coming back off an injury for about a year, born at Chorich, playing great tennis. He's about 35 to one. Really love that number given what he's been doing the last couple of weeks and, and what we think of him overall as a player should do well at this tournament. And, you know, is finally in some good form here. And then Pablo Carreño Busta, who although is Spanish is better on hard courts than he is on clay. It's one of the common misnomers for whatever reason, everybody thinks Spanish players are only good on clay, but they are several great hardcore players. He's made the semifinals here twice so at 80 to one, I'm happy to take him. He's coming off a title victory in his previous tournament. Great form. That's a huge number. And then three women. I think I have mentioned these at various times. So double check. You might already have these, but Jesse Pagula, daughter of the Buffalo Bills owner here, 30 to one. Love her. It generally builds towards this time of the year. He's great on North American hard courts. 30 to one. That should be somewhere in the 20s, maybe even the high teens. Veronica Kudermatova. We're getting some value here because she's never actually made it out of the first round of this tournament. Um, the problem is every time she gets stuck with a top 10 player, um, plays a tough match and has to go home. Hopefully the draw will do us some favors is just have to play Iga Swiatek or Ashley Barty or something like that. Well, we know Barty's not going to be there, but I think she's in perfect form here is going to play well in these courts and Zeng Quinn Yen, the queen 
We love her. She is going to be great. I'm going to keep betting her on these numbers until she wins a tournament or quits playing tennis. It's just she has so much talent. She made a great run in Cincinnati, and I think it's going to carry that over. Has a chance, I think, to maybe do what we saw Layla Fernandez and Emirato Kanu do last year. It would be fantastic. So a bunch of U.S. Open outrights. We've got tennis today, tennis next week. It's tennis time, Matt. So I, I know we talked about, uh, I think it was the French Open, you said the best way to bet Iga Swiatek was to parlay her with other futures that you like. Is that something you might suggest doing with Medvedev maybe now before those odds drop to the plus 150 that you said, maybe take a couple of his plus 250s and parlay him with maybe a, a college football future or an NFL future or hell, even like a, a game line you like, something like that? Worth a shot, never mind maybe? That. That's, that, that's something I may or may not have already done. Okay, I like that. I like I like how you like the way you're talking right now. Now let's talk a little college football. I love this mascot. I know Dad generally does a good job with the pictures on the back, but the Fresno State Bulldog is without a doubt. Look at that guy. It looks like he's having so much. It's a fun fantastic logo. So what are we doing here? Uh, What's happening with Fresno State? We, I assume it's the Bulldogs. You know, tomorrow is win total Wednesday. So I'll have a straight up win total for there. So I was looking outside of just straight up win totals to see what, you know, any college football futures that I possibly liked. And I came across conference win totals on King. I was scrolling through and I really, I really wanted to go for a Fresno state bet. There was uh, mountain West futures or, you know, to win 10 plus games. And then I found their conference win total at over six and a half. And it's at plus 150. I really, really like Fresno State this year. They're really talented coming back. They did lose their head coach, Caitlin DeBoer of Washington, but now it's Jeff Tedford taking over. And if you heard that name, he was a head coach at Cal for a while. He's been an offensive coordinator since then. Like he, he's a very capable head coach to take over and kind of right the ship. Uh, Jake Hayner comes back after throwing just under 4,100 uh, yards through 33 touchdowns last year. He's going to be a guy you hear in the, uh, when, when the draft rolls around uh, in the next spring. They bring back pretty much all their top receiving targets. Uh, Jalen Cropper, Josh Kelly, they bring in a transfer from Cal named Nico Remigio. Excuse me, caught 97 passes uh, throughout his career. Uh, Jordan Mims is, is was their backup running back next year. I guess not backup, like second running back. He still rushed for over 700 yards, had six touchdowns. They're bringing back a loaded offense. I think three starters on the offensive line and a transfer in from Michigan State as well. They're loaded offensively. They bring back seven starters on the defensive end from a unit that I think was under uh, 350 yards a game and under 21 points a game last year, which is really solid. Um, and, and the Mountain West schedule just isn't all that difficult. They have, you know, two really – tough quote-unquote tough games that uh, are probably going to make or break this bet they go to Boise State in early October and they have San Diego State at home uh, at the end of October I mean if, if they can go one and one of those two games I really really like uh, the over six and a half them to be you know seven and one in conference I, I did look at their win total and they do have USC early on uh, they, they do have Oregon State who they actually are better than but you know it's a power five opponent and I did I didn't really love trying to go over the, the nine and a half ten wins because I don't really know what's going to happen in those games against Power Fives. I think they could be both of those teams, but you just don't really know. And I thought the conference wins was a, it was a pretty clever way, a fun way to take a win total without having to worry about how they're going to perform against those Power Five opponents. So I, I think Fresno State is going to be a really fun team to watch this year. This is It's going to be a very, very talented, high-flying offense and uh, a defense that really isn't bad, uh, that's going to be able to complement them pretty well. I love this. This is a really fun market. Have you seen this in the past, or is this something fairly new? You know, I have. The only place I saw this was DraftKings. I've been looking around, and it's the only place. It's 
the only uh, of the the major sports books that I've seen that has it. Um, this is this one's a relatively new one for me. I'm sure it's been around, but I uh, haven't done uh, as deep dive uh, deep of a dive into college football futures betting as I have this year. So I, I would bet that's been around for a little bit. But I, I found this and I loved it. It's I, I think that's a really I like taking out like I said the power five opponent aspect of it i don't want to have to worry about those two games i just want to bet up fresno states uh, straight up in the conference and this is a way to do that yeah kudos to DraftKings. that's a fun market i'm sure our sponsors at FanDuel are working on it right now i'm sure it'll be up quickly there mm-hmm. it's hopefully more places copy and you know since we're wrapping up here it's do you have any thoughts who's going to win the golf I was bummed to see Will Zalatoris pull out of it. I thought yeah, he was kind of going to be, I know Dan was saying too, He, I think he picked him in our, our work pool. Um, I was really excited about about throwing a little bit of a future on Willie Z starting at seven under with Scotty Scheffler starting at 10. I really liked it, but I don't know. Let's go with Patrick Cantlay. I mean, he's he's starting in the, the second position at eight, eight under. Scheffler's at 10. I don't know. Can't, he got hot, and when Cantlay gets hot, he's really, really good. He's been kind of up and down this year, but, man, when, when he's on, he's he's as good as anybody, and he's coming off a win, so let's take him. Let's say he wins the Tour Championship, wins the FedEx Cup again this year. Yeah, a smart buddy of ours in the deep Then we talk dynasty. dynasty. Ooh, dynasty. That's, that's true. But, yeah, a smart friend of ours um, gave out Rory, I believe, and I hate Rory, so I'll probably bet on him just so if he wins, I make some money as, like, a, a weird emotional hedge. Just, can I ask why you hate Rory? I'm, I'm generally clean. interested because, like, I don't. I everybody loves him. I don't hate him, but I also don't like. I'm not sure. I totally understand the universal. Everybody loves Rory. He's the best. Like, I, he's fine. He's got an annoying like, face. Necessarily, he doesn't win nearly does as much as I think people give him credit for. Um, it's just, and it's been better this year. We'll see if he continues to play as well, but. I feel like it's been almost a decade now. This is going to be talking about, oh, Rory, 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 Rory. But like, it's, it really it's hasn't. The last major was 2014. Right. So that's, that's, I mean, I'm, the, I'm sick of this nonsense. You got a whole bunch of credit for, for some runner up finishes this year. Finishing second pays a lot of money, but it doesn't catch me any outright. So very selfish. That's a very good point. We'll see. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thumbs up, ratings, reviews, all that good stuff that Andy always asks you to do. Thanks to all our sponsors, and we'll see you tomorrow for a win total Wednesday.